Hear me? Have we checked out his ears? Henry Deaver. The devil is in Castle Rock. Hey, Castle Rock stars. It's me, Acadia, and I'm here with Hannah. We came back. Hey, Hannah, what's cooking? Not Thanksgiving dinner anymore because that shit's over. Mm -hmm. It's time for Christmas. Or. Whatever you celebrate at this wintry time of year, I know Hanukkah started a couple days ago. You know, it's funny that you say that because uh, up here, uh, packing up gallery headquarters north, we got a knock on the door and uh, like Mrs. Ack is Jewish, so I figured she was immune, but no, there were these like, I don't know, they were like Jehovah's Witnesses, but they were Jewish. They literally were jehovah's witnesses and they were like hey are you jewish and she's like yeah and they're like hey what are you doing for hanukkah she's like uh what and they're like do you want a menorah do you have a menorah she's like yeah we packed it because we got to move and they're like well we'll just give you this one and they gave her like a little tin one and candles and they're like you want us to come in and light the candles she's like no no i don't (laughs) did did they sense her I don't. Was I think they were going there? on every door, like they were oh. literally like a goodwill mission. I've just never seen like, and they yeah. and they were like the Orthodox guys with the ringlet hair and the and the uh, Amish hats. Well, hey, free menorah. So yeah. that's right. Sweet. Yeah. So yes, happy wintry holidays to everybody. Whatever you happen to celebrate, uh, we're finally circling back to the haunting of Hill House. Yep. Which but, we've been saying we were going to do. Yeah, but we had to do Channel Zero. Because to be fair to us, we had been talking about Channel Zero for like a long time. Even back when yes. we were still doing uh, Castle Rock. So it's only fair that uh, mm-hmm. we're going to... It's it's not our fault. It was kind of averagey. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, and it really was. But what are you going to do? So Hill House, I mean, it was a phenomenon. I mean, everybody... Everybody I spoke to loved it. Some people didn't, you know, dare to watch it. That kind of thing. You know, it was it was it was scary enough to to satisfy horror files, and mm-hmm. it was significant enough, I think, to tickle the fancy of people who appreciate drama, regardless of the backdrop. Yeah, and I um. I cringe to use this phrasing, and I want everybody to know I'm being a little bit funny here, but it appealed to the normies. Yep. Like, people who don't normally watch this kind of thing were into it. Yep. Like, I heard from family who couldn't even watch Stranger Things because it was too scary, mm-hmm. who watched The Haunting of Hill House and also thought some of the episodes were terrifying, but they got through it. Yeah. And so. and I think, I think it's... An infinitely superior show to Stranger Things, like in, <gasps> I, I really do. Fart uh, noise. Uh, all right, so then <laughs> let's talk about that, and not not as a well, as a, in comparison to Stranger Things, because don't don't get me it, wrong, I adore Stranger Things. I, 
but... Yeah, I find them hard to compare. Very, very different. I just have a lot of affection for Stranger Things. It would have never occurred to me to rank one of the two as better than the other because they're so... <laughs> they are very different. Different. I did it because they're both yeah. Netflix original series that... Yeah, that's fair. ...deal with the super. Let's just, let's just go with Netflix's occasionally killing the game, and I appreciate that. Sometimes yes. they really shit the bed, but yeah. every now, you know, some of them are good. Go yes. Netflix. Keep it up. One. This one, uh, directed by the guy who directed Oculus, which Oculus was the first horror short that I ever saw where I was like, wow, horror shorts can be really, really cool. Because it was the scene, I don't know, did, did you see Oculus? I have seen the feature film, yeah. and uh, spoiler alert, I am not about to agree with what you're about to say. The <laughs> short was essentially this... It, it, it's actually the guy, the 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 security guard in the auction house that you know tells her that he's going to have the mirror sent to her house. He was the mm-hmm. whole guy that did the original short, like that. Oh, he neat. was the actor. Like I thought it was nice that they put him in there. And uh, essentially, the short was him getting set up with his cameras and explaining that he was, you know, had to eat this and and drink this and blah and giving the history of the mirror, but it was just that. And then at the end of it, him, uh, spoiler alert for the, for the short version of the, oculus movie it was the, can, you, the, can you even spoil a short it's, i don't know too... the, well because the 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 point of the short was still the the point of the feature too that the yeah the, the last thing person that it ate was the one that did the eaten neck so it was his father that that killed him mm-hmm. so and it was really i i love the short yeah yeah good short film and then the the feature i was just kind of like meh yeah not not the worst thing I've ever seen, not the best. Really bugs me that the mirror is called the Lasser Glass because it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> the, well, the Lasser Glass. It sounds like something your grandma would talk about, you, you know? know? I never really I thought about go, that. Go it sounds like an old time. Yeah, it's like an old remedy. Yeah, what you need is a Lasser yeah. Glass. You just rub it on your face, you'll be fine. Right, like some sort of device or something. I don't know. It sounded silly to me, and also it's hard to say. Like, you can't do it five times fast. I know that's not a real quarrel with the movie. Yeah. Um, but but that, scene that was of Mike her, Flanagan, you say? Yeah, Mike Flanagan. Him, that shot of her, actually, Oculus, I would say, the shot of, of Karen Gillan walking into the auction house with her ponytail swinging back and forth. If you go back and look at just that, you're like, well, why wasn't the rest of the movie like that? With, like, that kind of thought put into it you know what i mean um and i think his evolution is obvious in what we see in hill house because not only are the themes i mean this is this is the the novel version of you know what we cover this is definitely not a a story this is a novel and i think the the amount of stuff that's going on and the the amount of stuff that you could dig into when you go back to it not just visually and seeing all the stuff that they did as filmmakers but also the themes and everything like that it's just extraordinary i think anyway yeah there's a ton of literary references too that i kind of regret not um notebooking i didn't do as good a job (laughs) with this one so 
we well. probably could have made a lengthier series out of the haunting of hill house it's hard to do when it's a something you can binge yeah because then you, you know it's how many do you do or you know what i mean and and so we can't get our audience to just watch things when we watch them. I mean, we tried. You guys really should, you know, work on that, but whatever. And uh, so it, it's I'm, – I'm happy that we're going to do episodes 2 through 10 uh, in this in this show because it kind of – there's so much to, to discuss. And I want to – the first thing that I want to ask you about, overall, what was your big takeaway – from Haunting of Hill House? Like, impression or, or anything you want to say? Um, not perfect, but pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. Is my overall unsophisticated rating of the thing. I really liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought the last episode was kind of like a... a on the end of it. <laughs> I don't... Really? Kinda, it got a little hand wavy for me. I know that it was supposed to be like all poetic and stuff like that. There were just a couple lines in the writing where I was like, oh, come on. I forget the exact thing that made me like eye roll super hard. But um, yeah. I, yeah, I think Nell's monologue was a little long. Yeah, it I almost made me feel like we're not this stupid. You don't need to lay it out this explicitly for us, you know? The theme right, is right, right, houses right. are like people, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it just felt a little too not trusting the audience to pick up on the purpose of the story. But I mean, her saying that the, the, the red room was the stomach of the house and everything like that. I, I was excited by, and, and I guess this will be the first little diversion of stuff Acadia liked about the show, the, the episode and I actually wrote so much stuff down in oh. this one. You wouldn't even believe it. A reversal. It. Yeah, I know. Uh, yep. It was episode eight, Witness Marks. That was the uh, the one where the father was making Steve realize that he had, in fact, seen ghosts. Mm -hmm. And he explained that with old clocks... Um, they didn't have any instructions for it or anything like that. So the only way you could tell what had been done to it was by reading the witness marks. And they couldn't find the original plans to the house. And they didn't know anything that had happened before that. And they and the kids were the witness marks mm -hmm. for that section of the house. And the ghosts were the witness marks past, you know, packed, I mean, the thing was fucking if i have to see one more video about oh these 73 ghosts you missed in honey villa like jesus there were quite a few. it was like they needed hi everyone i know do you want to come be a ghost and just what do i got to do stand there for an eighth of a second and done yeah slightly hand wave in the corner of a frame exactly but the fact that they did it that script even filmed uh, worse i mean in the hands all right let me put i, I don't even know how to say it that script in the hands of a lesser director still would have had the stuff in it that you could pull out. And a lesser script would still have been really good had he directed it. You can't see this, but she just made a wicked crinkle face. Like, she doesn't <laughs> believe what I'm saying. I'm, try I'm, trying, to what I'm trying to stick it together. Okay, so the writing, the story of The Haunting of Hill House and how it layers on, you know... 
the the arc of the entire family and what the house is and what the house does to them and was that going to happen to them anyway mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and the amazing thing that people on the internet picked up on that the actors didn't even realize it um that each one of the children represented another one of the stages of grief mm-hmm. that um Steve the one that kept saying there's no such thing as ghosts we're all mentally ill was denial mm-hmm. Shirley who was pissed at everyone all the time, was obviously anger. Mm -hmm. Theo, who kept trying to make everybody get along and just wanted to feel things, was bargaining. Um, Poor Luke was obviously depression. And um, Nell was acceptance acceptance because she was the one that went back to the house and just sucked it up and died so that ultimately the rest of them could live. Yeah. And the the people even performing it didn't get that piece of it. Aww. But, uh, you know, the, it, maybe the writers were like, hey, they're right. And so, it, yeah, we totally meant to do that. But it, it, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing that has more than one thing going on. And, and I found that really exciting. Yeah. So that was what I meant about the writing part. The directing part, the f- I liked it because the mystery part, the Red Room mm-hmm. specifically... I hate mysteries where at the end they quote unquote solve it, but it was like some guy that you hadn't seen the entire time. Like there's no way that you as the viewer could have solved it. That goddamn window was the same. That long, that tall, narrow window was the same in every kid's version of the Red Room. Yeah. It was the same window. Like, we could have figured it out. There were so many dropped hints about, you know, oh, he was in the treehouse. Oh, you're silly. Because mm-hmm. there wasn't any goddamn treehouse. And there wasn't any game room and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I, that was, that was really cool for yeah. me anyway. I really liked how the script retained a lot of the themes from the original story. Because I was worried with it being a new sort of plot that it would lose so much of Shirley Jackson's original story, but I appreciated seeing Mm -hmm. a lot of the themes and story arcs that existed in the book still being there. Now that said, you should still read the book because it's very different and it's, it's a different experience and it's very enjoyable. But um, I appreciated that the, the bones (laughs) were were there. (laughs) You know, and it was interesting to see, like, in the book, the, the house is kind of like visiting the sins of Hugh, the the father, the owner of the house, on everybody who comes there afterwards. But the the show was a little bit different in that way, you know, because it wasn't just wasn't hmm. just his wrongs or, that were being visited upon everybody. So neat, neat stuff going Did on. Did you ever see the uh, the original movie from, what, 60... 60- one or 62 no i haven't actually that's really close to when the story was published isn't it must have come out just just a couple years yeah it wasn't yeah they they jumped right on it and and i was watching that eli roth's history of horror thing the ghosts uh episode and they said that that there had never been i mean the very first quote-unquote horror movie it was shot in the 1800s and it had ghosts in it um but the 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 original Haunting of Hill House was the first real ghost movie, Ooh. they said, at least in the modern era. 
and they didn't really show any ghosts whatsoever in that version yeah. at all. It was just people's reactions to things that they... Right. Oh, did you did you know that Theo is Mike Flanagan's wife, by the way? No! Yeah, they just had a baby, I think, like, a day ago or two days ago or something like that. So congratulations, uh, Mike and Kate. Um, but yeah, that was neat for me to hear. She also starred in Hush, which he wrote, and he has had a couple significant parts in his other movies, so I didn't know that they were married, but they seem to be having fun as a horror couple. Yeah. You could do worse. Sure. You could do a lot worse. So now, visually, I mean, we gotta talk about the house. Oh, well, visually, I think it, I think they freaking nailed it. Like, that was great. I had no complaints yeah. about any of the visuals or the ghosts for that matter. I, I really liked all of the monstery stuff and, you know, all of the, the house was cool. I had trouble tracking the topography of the house, though, I have to say. I couldn't quite get a feel for it. Even by the end of the show, I, I still was not like, I'm not sure which room is connected to which thing or what floor stuff is on, but, I didn't try that hard, I guess. But it was great. I really liked the house. I thought it looked great. I wonder if they did that on purpose, not being able Maybe. to tell. That would make Perhaps sense. Perhaps it's part of the, the whole unsettling thing there. But yeah, I kept trying to be like, how do you get from such and such room to the other room? Where is everybody living? You know? Hmm. Where's the kitchen? <laughs> there wasn't a lot. Well, you know, I found that interesting, too, even when they would. I don't want to say it was an anti family family film but it kind of was in that you know obviously the parents did love the children uh olivia a little bit too much after poppy the ghost got her to figure out hey if you kill them then you'll they'll stay little forever (laughs) haha and i really big yikes yeah i dug the fact that there was a point to the main ghosts like the the fact Mm. that the bowler hat, tall the bowler hat tall guy was you know the the guy that built the house yeah billy now Hill. that's how you do a a tall boy like a tall guy yeah take yeah that's you got to make him a good idea would be make him tall you dumbasses on yeah. sci-fi jeez i guess to a little kid tall boy was tall whatever the I point said, is that was a stupid ghost yeah, that's true <laughs> stupid monster I think one of my the the creepiest things that that I enjoyed the most out of it was the the old lady's face reflected in that you know horn thing that they were yelling in like it was the most subtle appearance. Oh yeah! It was like Jesus, she's just been there the whole time, you know, and and it was that kind of stuff that they didn't they didn't really you know hit you over the head with it most of the time. Um, yeah, that I appreciated. That scene so reminded me of another horror movie. Well, that was a horror show, but it so reminded me of something like so vividly, and I still can't figure out what it is. There's no. like this other movie I've seen where their face just sort of subtly appears in a tunnel that someone is looking into, and it was a really good moment. And I wish that I could remember what it was from, huh? Because I would watch it again. Yeah. Well, now I want to watch it. So you've you've made no. a mistake. <laughs> any of our faithful listeners have any idea what i'm rambling about i'd yeah. love to know what that movie was if you can remember the movie that hannah's thinking about based on that description kind of like that one scene where he was yelling into the big megaphone to his sister 
this is what the internet is for. Yeah. I feel like people do this on Reddit all the time. Like, what was that book where such and such thing happened? And then people make 16 suggestions and suddenly one of them's correct. You're right. You're do, right. Do your thing, internet. Mm-hmm. So now, uh, I want to talk about the jump scare. The jump scare that out of every jump scare I've seen since, oh geez, I mean, and you and I had that discussion on Twitter about the the best horror movies of the 21st century and you unfairly trying to split it into decades, but the fact, (laughs) just straight up didn't see that coming, obviously the scene where, where Theo and Shirley are having it out on the way to the house Mm -hmm. that to me didn't feel fake because i mean that sounds stupid but she was trying to scare them and we got scared the movie wasn't trying to scare us that's why i think it was so because there's people i saw people on facebook oh you should watch haunting a hill house and then people would be like oh this is one thing and you know that's what they're talking about yeah you know that it's because it was I, I mean, I jumped like yeah. It, it was it was amazing, and it, it meant something for the story too. It wasn't a jump for the sake right. of a jump. I gotta love a jump scare that gets me because it so rarely happens anymore. The sound cues and stuff that yeah. horror movies use, I can just usually be like, "Yeah, this is coming." But it did get me. I appreciate that. I love yeah. a jump scare that'll get me. And you're right, but it wasn't a jump scare in the sense that those in just sort of attention breaker mm-hmm. thing that horror movies do where they just like slam a scary image at you. That's not necessarily thematic or right. like advancing the plot in any way. It's just kind of gets you to maybe like release the tension in your shoulders before we move on with mm-hmm. the. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, but no, Nell was performing that, but doing it to her sisters. And also I, I wonder, I think, well, you'll have to tell me, do you think, do you think that, Nell needed them all to come to the house so that they could beat their respective demons and get past it? Or was the house going to keep tugging at him? Because that would go back to, did she know what was going to happen when she went to the house? Because the scene where her mother, you know, kills her... Mm-hmm didn't see like Nell didn't seem like that's what she went there to do. Right. I mean, I, I want to err on the side of the house being the force that was going to draw everybody at some point because it's, it is the central entity of the story. I don't know if Nell necessarily had that goal in mind or if she, I mean, cause how would she think that that would work? considering how fucked up everybody is there's know. no way to predict how they're going to respond that it just you know maybe it was like a i can i can fix the family if i just nut up and and go face the house but i don't know i i think the house would have drawn everybody inexorably back it was already starting to do that for some of the other people anyway even before That's you true. know steve was having like his existential crisis and um not Betsy. Shirley was, you know, having all these sort of haunting thoughts. She was suspicious of her husband for a while. Yeah, her ghost like, was the guy she cheated on him with. You know, yeah, the guy at and, the big mortician's convention. Oh, and by the right. way, folks, 
I've been to those like conventions and trade shows and stuff like that, and it's I've never been at one that's like that. There's never a bunch of like vacuum cleaner representatives that are all going hog wild because they're at a convention. Everyone's just like, can't wait to go back to the room. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you've ever been a vendor at a convention of any kind, it's hard to party. So we're talking about inst- yep. you t- You're tired. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and starting to sort of relapse into those memories of seeing her mother's body and stuff like that, I just feel like the house was going to pull all of them back one way or the other. So that... I mean, it's funny because that's kind of that's kind of what Oculus did. The glass, the the mirror pulled the next person in. And the house, mm-hmm. I mean, it, the fact is is that the original the original triangle of people there, there was Poppy and the the tall dude and the tall dude's sister who mm-hmm. were the three main ghosts. She killed her kids, or they strongly implied that she killed her kids, and that kind of started the the roller coaster ride because he bricked himself up in the walls because he was, you know, overcome with with grief and despair and guilt and whatever. And then from that, so on, dramatic. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Bricking yourself up in a wall, and. I would think that you'd have to be super determined because I don't think they had like quick dry cement, you know, or mortar back then. I think they would have just, if I just push on this, it's going to fall and I can get out, you know, but someone else bricking you up in a wall that I could see, but doing it yourself, that's, that's, uh, that's tough. Cause that last brick, you wouldn't have any light. (laughs) Yep. Some good masonry work, and you just pushed it perfectly. You know, Jesus. not too much, just a little bit. You know, that's Very funny too. That now that I think about it, why would he have still been holding the trowel thing? Like, obviously, there must have been oh, a yeah. long gap in time between when he bricked himself and when he finally died of starvation. He's just like, this will really freak him out if I'm still holding. <laughs> I need this to get thing. across what I've done, and it's too dark for me to write it down, so I'm just gonna hold this thing. <laughs> Right. Well, if you're doing something for attention, I think you tend to to stage it or whatever. But yeah, that doesn't make any sense. You think he would have dropped it, but whatever. <laughs> now, I heard that that whole downstairs black mold everything was the father's version of the Red Room. And that, I mm. guess, made sense to me because he didn't really have one. Um, but yeah. that was the thing that he that he needed to fix and his need to fix things was his, the the thing that he carried around the whole time. And then he couldn't fix every, anything. Yeah. He couldn't fix his family for that entire space of time from, from when Olivia kills herself until mm-hmm. he kills himself because he gave himself to her so that the kids could leave. That was his deal. Yeah. And right. that was his final, I can fix this. I mean, they really... Yeah, you know, you're not using the right tools, Hugh. Some <laughs> honesty probably would have fixed a lot of things. Maybe, yeah. You gotta true. use the you gotta use the right materials, or you're not gonna be able to fix your family. Yeah. I don't know why the accent. I was trying to talk like a New York construction worker. You kind of you 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 did all right. I I Hugh, it's it's good advice. It's too late yeah. for Hugh, but now it is. <laughs> he was talking to her the whole time anyway. So mm-hmm. why not just be able to talk to her in Ghost World? 
It's yeah. funny how many uh, pieces of horror media are like, if you would just be honest, <laughs> terrible things would not happen to everybody and everything. A lot of ghosts are around trying to tell the truth to people, too. Yeah, or to get the truth told. You know, right, avenge exactly. me type of thing. You know, Like, with no deception, there would be no reason for this ghost to be hanging around because there would be no unfinished business. So, that's true. And, you know, just talking through this with you, it occurs to me, so Poppy and William Hill were both mm-hmm. crazy, and this was right. old-timey time, so you can say crazy, because back then they literally chased you with a big net. But they met each other in an asylum. Mm-hmm. And then when they got out, I mean, Poppy was not well the entire time. Poppy right. was the one that did all the bad stuff. Even William, overcome with guilt, bricked himself into a dumb wall. And all he wanted was his hat back and just followed the kid around. Like, it was it was yeah. not... If you think of malevolence, I don't... I didn't get the feeling from any ghost other than Poppy and then from Poppy on to Olivia that any of the ghosts wanted other people there. Yeah. Poppy it was, was almost like a, a get out sort of thing. Yeah, kind of thing. Poppy was the, the one that said, and that could have been, I mean, that could have been incidental because I think had, had Olivia been her contemporary, she probably would have said the same thing. So... Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just the fact that, you know, if you if you put enough people into a house and if they die there, they're going to stay there. Christ, the thing must have been like a bug light attracting all these people because, fuck, there were like 900 ghosts. So that's a lot of people dying in there. I mean, forget about the fact that they the, the, the fucking mother killed. No wonder poor Luke was a junkie. His only friend, yeah. his mother poisoned her right in front of him. <laughs> yeah, big yikes on that one. I that was that was brutal. It really was, and I thought, poor Luke. Oh my god, I'm like, no wonder this kid's fucked up. Yeah, like I do drugs too. Yeah, he didn't have a chance. He didn't have no. a fucking chance. And and he was he was also the OCD one with his knocking seven times and all that kind of stuff i mean nobody that needs that many artificial rituals can make it when you're continually chased by a tall guy just fucking trolling you because he already had his hat it wasn't like it wasn't even like he was still trying to get the hat he was just pissed that he took it in the first place and i don't know yeah seeing those flashback scenes when they were kids it just is like steve why are you such an asshole like yeah. it is so obvious that this stuff was real like it was not ambiguous at all no. also well, your mom was bad news yeah bad she news really mom. was but that well that's the part that i mean and it took a while and that because each each character kind of had their own bottle episode too as well it was it was very right. much like lost in that respect you know every every uh character gets their own flashbacky thing you know um yeah but, castle rock too yeah cuz it went uh steve and then it went nell i think was the second episode and then or no no steve, she was the Shirley. fifth the vent neck lady yeah yeah steve steve shirley theo luke nell yeah. And then, I think it just, anyway. Then but yeah, it, well, then there was, and we life. have to talk about episode six because 
not only was it a big deal for the plot of the movie, but also the technical achievement of it has to be recognized to some degree, I think. Um, but I mean, Nell, Nell to me was, her backstory was sad because she was just like, Hey, I'm getting my shit together. I mean, I might have sleep paralysis and night terrors and whatever like that, but I got a husband that loves me and seems to have some formal training. So maybe I'm going to be all right. And then, I mean, I don't, think that the house killed him but i don't don't think that the house killed him you know because i don't know it's it's like she became a a a a focal point for goddamn misery Mm. because she'd been haunted by her own self her whole life and that whole time that was part of her monologue thing that i didn't get that you know time is raindrops and there's a bunch of stuff happening all at the same time no, that didn't. It wasn't me. It was this place. Sorry, yeah. I keep bringing it back around to Castle Rock. Yeah, right. summer is closer than you think. Ha <laughs> ha! I don't think it's eyebrow come wiggle. Twenty twenty. What? I don't think they will. I don't think they're not even filming it yet. They're not even. They might be writing it, but I don't know if they're, they're definitely not filming it and they're not casting anything yet. Who's your favorite of the of the Crane children? Which one did you like the most? Um. I don't know. I kind of want to go with Theo. Yeah. Theodora. And that's probably on purpose. They wanted us to want her to be the one. Yeah, probably. That scene where she, like, touches Nell's body and collapses on... I was... I mean, it might be my bias on, like, the whole acting, but I just thought it was great. Plus, I like the touchy hand power thing, even if it was a tiny bit cheesy at first, where they had that the women in our family are sensitive line that happens in, like, a lot of Victorian ghost movies type things. Oh, that is true. No, that is, yeah. Like the female line. I kept going, is she rogue? I don't understand. <laughs> I wonder if that's why she's so good at sex. Like, oh girl, oh. when I touch you, I'm going to super touch you. Yeah. That makes sense. You know? Cause she'd also be able to figure out, Oh, she'd be, Oh, see, so we don't go that blue. And, and, but if you could tell, never mind. Um, I'm just, all right. So I gotta, I'm going to have to edit that part out because there's no way I can say what I was going to say. Um, so we'll be right back in one second. Who stole some of history's most famous paintings from the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum? Where is the lost Dutchman's mine? And how come so many people who go looking for it never seem to come back? Relic, the Lost Treasure Podcast's second season, investigates the mysteries behind unsolved artifact crimes and goes in search of lost treasures with very sinister reputations. You can catch all of season one now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most streaming platforms. New episodes release every other Wednesday of the month at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also follow me, Maxwell, on Twitter at Lost Treasure Pod. The adventure continues. And we're back. And the thing that I was going to say was that if you could tell how somebody liked stuff done to them, a good way to figure out that would be able to read their mind because who's going to know better than themselves? So. Exactly. 
So who was your favorite? I think my favorite was Steve. And the reason... No! But, but here's why. Steve sucked. <laughs> Steve sucked, I but just... Steve also... Yes, Steve did suck, but... The entire time, believe... The only... He didn't get redeemed until he accepted the fact that there was other shit that was going on and it wasn't just mental illness. But in his defense, he was the oldest. He was the one that was, you know, oh, well, I want to be able to help. Remember, he was asking his father, I want to help. I want to be... He wants to be a, a big kid and everything like that. He watched his mother fall apart and got it much more than the other kids did. You know, her mirror punching craziness and all that kind of shit. You know, he Mm -hmm. absorbed all that. And him trying to, I just don't think he, he could see what happened to his mother and not believe that it was her. Because he, he he had to have felt it was being done to him in a way. Because any any kid would. Yeah. So well, that'll teach you to create a false dichotomy about ghosts and mental illness. But sometimes it can be both. You're a hundred percent right. But they all had they all had their shit they couldn't deal with that turned into right a ghost thing, and mm-hmm. that's that's another thing about this this series of and they kind of did touch on that in episode 10 with that whole speech yeah with, and, and you know ghosts yeah. are feelings and emotions and blah 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 and baggage i also want to add to my answer that like i would die for baby luke and he was also kind yeah. of my favorite yeah he was a but it made was... me it was just crushingly sad to watch terrible things happen to that little boy it yeah well, he was so cute and sweet. He got the worst of the ghosts, ghost. Like, oh, for sure, man, he got fucking yeah. worked over. Poor kid. Yeah, he really, really did. But it, it's funny that you say that about you know saying what a ghost is. Steve said in episode one, most of the time a ghost is a wish, and mm-hmm. every one of the ghosts wished something, and every one of the kids wished something and the thing they wished was the thing that they were fucking running from and afraid of the most i wished my house hadn't been haunted therefore i'm going to say it was mental illness i wish all these things hadn't happened to me therefore i'm gonna do a bunch of heroin and there was no way out of it except to get through that last piece in that room and i guess the 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 symbolism of each one of them going through their own thing, especially... And Steve's thing was the worst. I don't care what you say. With his wife's big, weird belly getting all purple like there was a yeah, goblin in there. Yeah, that was messed up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't disagree with that. That yeah. was fucked up. <laughs> so, the... Uh, they. My sister-in-law's pregnant right now, and it's just like... Oh, and I man. already... Can you Preg- the idea of pregnancy scares the shit out of me, just on a normal level. But uh, the idea the of best... like a Halloween costume ever? Yes. Well, she wasn't far enough along for Damn it. Anything, yeah. Oh, 
psst, castle rock stars, if you've ever had like a paranormal experience or or ghosty thing, like we want to hear about it. You should send us an email about it. I'm like a consummate skeptic, but I promise I'll be respectful. I I really want to know if uh, you've got any cool stories, and we'll talk about them. It'll be yeah, fun. Yeah, and I'll tell and I'll tell the two from from my family that actually both came from my mother and were hundred percent backed up by like seven other people. God, I desperately would love to have a paranormal experience, but nothing. Yeah, nothing ever happened to me. It's, the ghosts are just like that girl sucks. Yeah, on, they, like she's not gonna believe her. us. She's, she's not such gonna a Steve. Us. Yeah. <laughs> or uh I am a I am a Shane, a BuzzFeed unsolved Shane. I just Aww. do not <laughs> So then, yeah, I, I want to talk from a watching things perspective. You've probably mm-hmm. seen a million. I can't believe in episode six they just did two big one shots, like basically for the whole thing. And I don't know, did you see any of the making of things associated with it, or did you kind of? No, I didn't watch any. So anybody that hasn't gone back and watched episode six, and that's the one where. Um, they finally get out of the house and it's also the one where they're at the funeral home the night before the night before the service mm-hmm. both of those things are done in one shots from ah. like the the in in the in the funeral home at one point the camera is tracking on um, Hugh and the kids are behind him. And he turns around, and in the time that he turned around, they replaced all the adult actors with the kid versions of the actors in the chairs. But that was the whole, the whole point of it was they never stopped. There weren't, you know, because you can tell whenever they do these big set pieces, you know, that there's these obvious cuts. And when you can do really long one shots like that it's it's sort of like a Rube Goldberg machine like you're all excited that it that it worked at the end of it but there's some pieces of it that just the technical prowess when they they showed a couple parts of it um like from above they were literally moving the furniture in and out of the rooms so that it would look different as the camera panned around whoever they were looking at and the the house as a character really for me came to life in that episode. And the thing that did it for me the most was when they were looking for Nell, Mm -hmm. there were these two statues in the hallway and they were, you know, kind of typical guardian statues looking at each other, you know, across the hallway. And then they, they go into the bedroom looking for the kid. When they come back out, one of the statues is looking down the hall at them, not both of them, just one right. of them is. And it was part of the one shot. So either they just swapped out, either they built a statue where the head turned or they, you know, had another statue ready to switch out, you know, in the time that they were going back and forth. And that's the kind of thing that that when you look at it again, then you start looking for the cuts and they're just, there aren't any. Right. So is the goal of that just to be like, ha-ha, look at this nifty cinematic thing I did, or does it help with continuity, or... It's it's a little bit of both, but okay. the, the actors like it because it's much more stage-like, because you can't... 
Right. You know, you don't get because you if you fuck it up, then you fucked up a lot of like there's like 150 people carrying couches around that if you fuck up a line, then they're going to be really mad. So actors Mm -hmm. like it a lot. Um, It also, you know, puts pressure on them. I think that, you know, the good kind of pressure. Uh, But other than that, it just makes it when you're watching it, it makes it seem more like you're there. Because if you if yeah. you look at stuff that happens when there's a bunch of cuts, nobody watches things like that. You, you know, in real life, your eyes don't work that way. You don't look at somebody from one angle and then run to the other room and open your eye, like the other side of the room and open your eyes and look at them from another angle. In this, yeah. you were there watching it as one of the people in the house or in the funeral home. So I think that's that to me was the the point well good job everybody at the haunting of hill house i guess for this technical thing that hannah was completely unaware of well now i really want you to watch it episode six again and then come Mm -hmm. back and go huh yeah i guess so (laughs) which is what i think you would do (laughs) i'd be like neat yeah that's neat well i thought it was double super neat um well, you know, Acadia is a movie producer now, so he has to That's do all right. this. Mm-hmm. Chomps cigar. Stuff. Uh, the other yeah. thing that I thought a, a nice little, and I didn't, you know, dig through to verify it, but I was watching uh, a couple things, and I was I read a bunch of it, and and I haven't seen a series in a long time have as many essays written about it, like straight up essays, like you would write about a novel or or anything like that. Well, yeah. It's a very literary story. Mm-hmm. Um, so how could there not be essays? It's a Shirley Jackson story. Very I did a couple true. of those in college on mm-hmm. the lottery. Not so, this yeah. one. Um, but I I have to say that I appreciate probably most about this series is that it's starting to turn the tide on public perception of horror or helping to do that where it's like, Horror is not just a guy with a chainsaw running through the woods, chopping apart half-naked teenagers. Mm -hmm. Horror is the terror of simply being human, about sadness, about all of these, you know, horrific, really, parts of the human condition. And I, you know, I love a a horror story that isn't bikini-clad women being hacked up by a dude in a mask. That's fair. Yeah, and and it's nice to get stuff like that out there in the mainstream whatever. I feel I, like a lot of people are alienated of what horror is in many ways. They feel like they can't get into it, but it's not for them because it's just this one thing, and it's not just that one thing. I Making think that, a karate chop motion with my hand that yeah, nobody she can is. see. We're going to have to, you know what we're going to do, and I don't know how or when we're going to do it, but I think we'll... Um, We'll have to do a, a a TV show like we did when we when we do it with the the fan critical gang. Maybe we'll have a guest or something. Ah, uh, like yes, that, a special a, a special yeah. event. Uh, but I think the other thing about horror right now, it wasn't just Hunting Hill House. You could go all the way back. I mean, Get Out um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, I was going to say Insomnia. Of course, this one not. also. Wasn't immune to those naysayers who are like, "This wasn't horror. I didn't shit my pants, and yeah, there right. were no intestines flying. Therefore, yeah. this isn't horror." Yeah. Well, you I know. mean, I think 
I think dealing with horror right now and having horror be the the as as prevalent as it is in the culture if you go to get out and then you go to to um hereditary and you look at the the caliber even you can go back to starting with insidious um i can make a case once torture porn was kind of done and where did torture porn come from and i and i hadn't thought of it until i started watching that history of horror thing but they pointed out torture porn started right after we actually started talking about as a culture what torture actually was and we saw the abu Ghraib pictures Mm -hmm. and started talking about waterboarding and everything like that and i think now horror becoming a good way for people to deal with shit has to be in some ways a reflection of the times that's like what horror has, has always been. It is but, the lens we turn on society's distresses, whatever those may be. Unfortunately, sometimes it's uh, H.P. Lovecraft's racial anxieties coming through. Uh, sometimes it's gore porn or torture porn, and sometimes it's sadness and drug addiction. And now horror I think, is great. to me, you're right, obviously, that that's what horror does. To me, I think the the... We're in a we're in a good place where really talented people are making horror where they might not have before, and yeah. um, a lot more people are watching because a lot more people are are, I guess, looking for something that's less fucked up than real life. <laughs> yeah, it's great escapism. I you know. Oh, derive a sense of you know comfort from a lot of horror it i enjoy it it makes me feel good as counterintuitive as some people might think that is to say uh i will say the haunting of hill house made left me feeling sad now did you <laughs> but it was a sad story so it, it was but i mean it ended on a happy note other than other than hugh and hugh really was i mean hugh wanted to be with her anyway but you didn't think, I yeah. mean, remember they were gonna, did you hear the thing that they almost did that would have made it super more sad? Oh, was this something that they were gonna do but didn't do? They decided against it because there had been, um, they they were gonna make it that um, they were in the red room. If you looked closely that when they're lighting the cake for for Luke for his two years clean... That uh-huh. and they were all there. They were in the red room, but they, but the, but he said no. They weren't. No, we're not. <laughs> like they weren't. No, that really oh, happened. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, that would have been bad. <laughs> yeah, that would have made it I, really, really sad. Kind of that would have kind of yanked the rug out from under you in terms yeah. of like a, a sort of happy resolution. Yeah, they were gonna so. they were gonna put the window in that room. Oh yeah, that would have been messed up. Come yeah, no. on, it was already so. It was already so heartbreaking. Yeah, they would have, and and so. they actually said that it would have been too much. Like it was just you can't end it like that, you know. That 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 would have been right. So I mean, props to them for actually. So they got to have their cake and eat it too. So that they said, hey, uh-huh. yes, guess what? Um, because some people said no, it wasn't just. Um, it, it wasn't all of them. It was just Luke. Luke actually did die, but it, you know his happiness from the ghost standpoint would have been to see that stuff and everything like that. And and uh, what's his name? McDonald was like, nope, nope, nope. 
not happening. Um, we thought yeah. about it, so we get to tell you that, yes, we thought of that idea that you guys all said that we never mentioned. But, yeah, no, we didn't do it because we're not that mean. And that makes me happy. It was a mirror behind him instead. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. doesn't always have to be completely and utterly devastating to be effective horror. Yeah. And I think it, it also, it would have been untrue to itself had they done it that way. Because the fact is, is that the, the, the point of it is, if you do face the shit that you're running away from, mm-hmm. it's not going to fix it. Because sometimes, sometimes everybody out there, there's a reason you're running away from something. It might be able to kick the living shit out of you. But the fact is, is that until you figure out a way that you can't run forever. And I think that was the point at the end was you can't. And the only way you're going to be able to start doing something different is to stop running. So, and so if you've got something really scary, just run next to somebody and then stop while they're there. So then there's two of you. (laughs) I hope this series turns people towards now. This was another complaint I had, and it may just be because I love Shirley Jackson, but I felt like this, it didn't turn enough attention to her. This is like the story that she made, you know, Mm -hmm. I just felt like it. Like, I want this to turn people towards her work, like read some Shirley Jackson. It's really great. You know, there was a scene, I think, where Theo was reading the lottery or something like that. Yeah, there was something in there. There was an Easter egg for that. There was an ET Yeah, it really, it really nails on the chalkboard in me for some reason to have a book called The Haunting of Hill House in the show that was then written by some dude. You know, I mean, obviously it was Steve. It wasn't like some dude, but I was like, eh, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I think I expressed that when we talked about this in the yeah. first episode. But like, Shirley Jackson, great, great writer. Go read her stuff. Go, go read whatever. You'll like it. It was um, super meta because they had an E.T. lunchbox with a picture of Henry Thomas, who was the father, as a... Oh. He was the king of E.T. And they put an E.T. lunchbox in it. So in the Haunting of Hill House universe, apparently, it's a different guy. Right. That's weird. Yourself on a lunchbox as an Easter egg. <laughs> that took some thinking on some. I know, right? Part. That's funny. Um, Didn't notice it. Now they're doing a, uh, they're doing a, a second season, but like everything now, they're not. It's not going to be the cranes on parade or anything like that, or the cranes go to Hawaii or some shit. You know, it's going to be. Well, now what? It's it's they're going to do it like the cranes. They're going to do it like Castle Rock, and everything's just going to be its own. Like at this point. Then What's call the, it something else. Yeah, I know. What's the difference between? So Jesus. at this point, I guess if it's if it's is it just budget? Like it's Castle Rock is centered around Stephen King stuff. This is just going to be hey, we're going to do ten episode stories of something and loosely wrap it in what? It doesn't even have a crypt keeper. Right. Like, why don't we just? I mean, just call it. Make it a different series. Call it something else. It why? won't make any sense. At least with Castle Rock, that's like a place. It unifies the whole didgeridoo. And like with Channel Zero, (laughs) it, you know, has a new thing. But yeah, like to call it the Haunting of Hill House and then to have nothing to do with the Haunting of Hill House doesn't make any goddamn sense. Just call it like Mike Flanagan's Spooky Stories Season 2. 
I don't know. Now that I think I mean, there's nothing frightening about that name, but it tells you what it is. And, you know, part of this is making me think... I'm I'm going back to the original mini-series. Like, if if anybody's going to think of what a mini-series is, it's Roots. Mm -hmm. And it's... I mean, Roots was a very big... I mean, I don't remember... I mean, I remember the fact that it existed, but it wasn't like... I mean, maybe my brother knew more about it. But that was considered a mini-series because Mm -hmm. it was a... Hey, it's not a movie, it's on TV, but it's also um, not a real series because real series have 26 episodes. Roots was nine and a half hours. Right. And they called it a mini-series because they were judging it against real series. So I would argue... I don't think, like, mini-series exists anymore, Acadia. It's just They just took off is. the mini. They're like, why are we calling our things mini? We'll just call them series. It's not a series. Like, it's not, it's not a thing. It is it, now! Ugh, it's very frustrating to me. <laughs> intrigued by the idea that it seems like nobody thinks they can produce a multi-season horror show that's not an anthology lately unless it's a zombie show it there's like we we couldn't possibly make more than 12 episodes of a single story that's horror it's too hard so we got to do something completely different next season unless it's just like the longest most monotonous zombie story ever looking at you walking dead um i mean yeah part of i guess part of that is the well why don't you just leave would kick in at a certain point like if you lived it it's our fourth year in the terribly haunted house and we're getting punched in the taint day after day by all these ghosts but we still don't leave like it's gotta be (laughs) doesn't doesn't have to be a haunted story but yeah i don't know i guess they did like uh the exorcist series or whatever but that the first season of that was really good like I really, oh yeah, really I liked, liked it a lot. A lot. Um, and, and I mean, maybe they can't. And even that, they did the same thing the next year. They just did a whole yeah, new, it was a different story the next different, one. Yeah, because it might have well. I mean, it, then in that instance, it became about the Exorcist. It was just he was a traveling exorcist, like going from place to place. <laughs> so essentially, it was right. The, Actually, you know what? I would really enjoy something like that where. We live in a world where paranormal shit is happening all the time and there's just some, like, crotchety priest or monk or something going around doing a, like, Creature of the Day episode. That's like Holy Ghostbusters. Yeah, kind of. Hmm. But, like, new. With some yeah. good monsters. <laughs> we'll call it something different. Yeah, yeah. You, you need a monster in your life. You've I really got, do. You got nothing. I'm trying mm. to think, like... Well, Pie Wackets on Hulu now, so I'm going to watch that again, but... Now, what's yeah, that? Uh, okay, so it's kind of like folk horror. Um, I watched it I watched it illegally <gasps> like a while back, and so I'm looking forward to a not grainy, terrible quality um, version of What's it called? Pie it. Whacker? I, Someone whacking pies? Pie Whacket. Oh. <laughs> P-Y-E-W-A-C-K-E-T. Um frustrated teenage girl awakens a creature in the woods when she naively performs an occult ritual to ask a witch to kill her mother. Oh. Is the, is the like, little two-sentence blurb on Rotten Tomatoes. So, it's good. Hmm. I liked it. Um, 
So I'm looking forward to watching that again. I'm trying to think if there's... Oh, The Possession of Hannah Grace. Did you see that? That's like the horror movie that's in theaters right now? No. Did you? Okay, big old sideways thumb. Do not waste your money. Wait for it to come, wait for oh, it to come no out. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably a little bit more jaded than your average horror moviegoer, but like, nothing new going on there in my opinion. You can skip it. Overlord was lots of fun, though. I heard that, and it made me really, really happy to know. And I think it, it didn't do great numbers, which is it makes me mad because... Come on, y'all! It's like Nazi Zombies, the movie. How could yeah. that not do great numbers? Well, it was so fun. You know, it, you just made me think of something with Walking Dead, because it... And, uh, Walking Dead, if you want to hear, listen everybody, if you want to hear a good analysis of The Walking Dead, go to Fan Critical because their show is is just great and I can't stomach talking about Walking Dead. And Except if I'm going to say what I'm going to say right now. I don't care about their feelings, <laughs> any of the characters. Like, I know it's supposed to be, oh, this is a human right? drama, but they, I want them to dig moats and invent Things that are going to chop zombies' heads off that, like, oh, yeah, you know what we did? We, like, zombie... Tra like, wouldn't you think if you had that much time, you would have tried digging a moat by now? Like, some kind of zombie moat? Yeah, I... I have been tired of The Walking Dead since, like, the beginning, because I read the comics first, and I'm just like... This ain't as good. Also, I hate the guy who plays Rick. I just want to punch Rick in his goddamn face. Well, you don't have time. to worry about that now, because spoilers, he's gone. Oh, thank God. I haven't watched the show in, like, forever. There's only so much of the TV show that I can watch without being like, this is getting monotonous. I mean, yeah. they had the, the Negan thing and the Weird Society and whatever. Anyway, the comics, I have the big comic books, and I'll just stick with that. Yeah. I heard that uh, here's, that thing, the here's Witch, my idea. Too. Oh, go. Uh Oh, the Vavitch? Yeah, the, the one with the two Vs. Yeah, did you see it? I did. It was a really beautiful movie. Um, I thought it was really neat. I wanted more like explicit horror elements. I I see that it was good. I get why it is considered good, but I didn't personally enjoy it all that much. Got it. Kind of boring for me. All right. The acting was incredible, thought the scenery was incredible, thought, like, some of the moments were really, really good. It just wasn't, like, my style of horror movie. But, yeah, good movie. Definitely worth a watch. Alright, well now tell me what your idea is, then, for zombies, or whatever, if you're gonna make a show. Well, I mean, like, if I had an infinite budget and ownership of whatever, like, rights I wanted to, I would make a really excellent Dead Space movie. Hmm. Because, no. Because necromorphs and fucking space zombies and all sorts of nonsense, oh, and it would man. just be amazing. I hate space, but that's compelling. I Dude, hate space. space. Do you hate space because it's scary? Because that's no. the whole point of my movie. It's no, oh. because uh, aliens don't. Well, I got to find the, that one alien thing. That'll scare you. Me. Don't know. You don't know what aliens do. You've yeah, never met true. one. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I did find so Jen from Strangeful Things and Superficial Gallery and the amazing if you go to Superficial Gallery um scroll down or search for Let's Scare Jen to Death. She is the biggest baby 
when it comes to horror movies and she films herself watching horror movies. She would never, ever dare to watch them, but she swore that she would watch 12 horror movies and just watching her reactions to um, Hereditary that she watched in obviously broad daylight like her whole apartment yeah. is just a wash with light and she's just going no why what what <laughs> it's like oh it's it's yes. just amazing but uh it's, it's a very it, enjoyable series imagine me as chris jenner at you jen you're doing great sweetie i love it <laughs> i'm all about it uh, i love watching scared people watch horror movies oh she's such a sissy it's amazing um so now I, guess, I envy your innocence, Jen. I right? want to be able to react that way to horror movies, but I, it just doesn't happen anymore. How are we going to do? Let's scare Hannah to death because Hannah doesn't scare now. No, you'd have to hurt my family. That is the one thing I deeply fear. And please don't hurt my family. I have recurring nightmares about both of my brothers being kidnapped by like some drug cartel in freaking Bogota or something like that. And I have to go into the jungle and rescue them. And whenever I go to try to punch one of the, the evil guys, it's like I'm punching through the water. It's all sorts of anxiety dreams, just like in one. And that's, then Jason's always offended that it's, <laughs> yeah, Jason and my parents are like, how come we're never in these dreams? And I'm like, I don't know. Chad and Evan are my younger brothers, even though they're both six foot three. Yeah, well, but they're not, they, they might under... be six foot three, but they weren't tough enough to escape from the drug lords. No, or smart enough. Or yeah, be lucky enough to have somebody other than you coming to save them. <laughs> yeah, you probably want more of a Dwayne Johnson type than yeah. me coming. I hate yeah. the outdoors. Mosquitoes distress me. I don't like wet socks. I would not be the kind of person no, you would it's want. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, so I guess. But anyway, next... Hill House, good. Yes. Watch Hill House. Yeah, I liked watch it. it. Watch it if you haven't yet. Watch episode six again if you have. I'm not saying go back and look for the ghost because essentially what they did was they were they what Steve saw at the end, Steve with the seventy million ghosts behind him, his acceptance of it, because mm-hmm. they all got to acceptance. They were all the stages, they all right. got to where Nell got, but they didn't have to die. That was the point. Hugh died, mm-hmm. so they didn't have to. And the mother was pissed. And you could make a case that if you were gonna do the story again, the mother was pissed. Like if you yeah. if you go back to the 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 shot of her and Nell are looking at the camera and she's hugging Hugh. Those are not the ghost eyes of a super happy mom who or wife that has her husband back. It's a super pissed off mom that just lost the rest of her kids. And yeah, she doesn't get to have her whole because she had that line about like kittens be without mother or something like that yeah. in the the second episode like she wanted all of them not just some of them yep so. even the ones the little kittens with the the bug crawling out of its eye mm-hmm. fucked up man that and like that i thought it was its mouth oh yeah maybe it was his mouth i don't know i just it, don't do stuff to cats you sons of bitches such a horror movie thing too but yeah uh it wasn't it the animal thing was new i guess but like yeah. bugs coming out of orifices happens a lot. Yeah, true. 
All I, right. So I guess next week, what are we going to do? We'll go back to to Babies First, Dark Tower. Oh, dear God. I completely forgot about the desert and a man. Yeah. And a boy. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. And uh, if there's anything good to watch, let us know. And people on Twitter, keep telling us to watch stuff because we totally will. Oh, yeah. What was the... Um, we got something the other week. Uh, or the other day. I already forget what it is, but I wrote it down. Yeah, so. it's written down. I wrote it down, too, but I'm not... And by it. wrote it down, I mean I typed it into a note I keep on my phone. But you guys know what it what it is. <laughs> I just scrolled through my mentions and I just... <laughs> I just saw the my tweet that said packing up the apartment sucks. Also, I think I may have packed my real life phone, and that's no good. I really need it. And one person replied, "You deserve to suffer," and had the picture of Stephen King um, from Maximum Overdrive looking at the bank machine, and it just said, "You are an asshole." Ha! <laughs> uh, I am perversely proud of the fact that either well, I like to think that it's because. I'm interacting with enough people, but I am losing Twitter notifications now because there are quite a few every day. So like, right. if there's something you really think that I would, in- if I haven't interacted with your tweet, it's not because I'm like, this person sucks. I didn't, I didn't honestly see it. Just do it again. I won't think you're weird or annoying. I, I just totally missed it. Sometimes I check it on mobile. Sometimes I check it on my computer. Yeah. And plus whatever. And if you do it to me, I'm probably fighting with people I don't know about the fact that they fucking bothered me with the fact that Jim Neighbors died a year ago, which made me feel bad that I didn't know that and then feel bad that he died. But then I found out that uh, it was just all around bad. Oh, before we go, like, totally. So I was very young or possibly, I don't know. I didn't know a whole ton about George Bush until I went to college. Anyway, once he died... I completely discovered that puking in the Japanese president's lap story and was, like, perversely enthralled with it for, like, an hour while I read about it. I had no idea that it happened. Do you want to know a little inside story on that? Because I actually have an inside story on that. Sure, yeah, totally. um, A friend of mine, when I was growing up, amazing, amazing man, his was... He had went. He had gone to school with someone who was in the Secret Service. Huh. Mm, President Bush was shit faced on Saki, and that's why he puked. He didn't have any huh. flu or anything like that. He's just like, oh, what's this Saki? I haven't been to Japan since I got shot down near it. <laughs> See, now that explains the passing out before he threw up. Mm-hmm. He because was that's- bombed. Because that's what happens in the YouTube video. He, like, falls over. Yeah. You know, and so I also learned that there's now, like, a Japanese turn of phrase called bushusuru, which is to do the bush thing, which is when you puke when you're really drunk. So, anyway, apparently the Japanese president was, he was very nice and, like, cradled Bush's head, even though he just got puked on. That's so. right. Should have let me be on CNN. I would have told the story. So who told you this? My late friend's friend. (laughs) Right. You could just make up a name. I mean, it's probably redacted anyway, because Secret Service records. Yeah. He also had to, like, get out of a receiving line to puke earlier in the day. Oh, he wasn't drunk then, as far as I know. 
I mean, that would have been yeah. funny if you had just so been I on mean, a like, the whole trip. Well, so yeah, he like, I read up on this. Like, I, I pretty much was there. He like played a tennis match and then went to a receiving line and had to like duck out a couple times to throw up and then went to the dinner and like ate and drank, which, because he didn't want to be impolite. Mm-hmm. But I feel like people would still understand if you were like, sick. Like, I ha, I have to be here to keep up appearances, but just so you guys know, I got the... I got the poopy pukes. And then he was like, oh, this hot wine sort of tastes like cough medicine. I guess I should drink a whole bunch of it. (laughs) Yeah, well, apparently he told the Japanese president, like, just roll me under the table. (laughs) That's pretty great. Yeah. And Barbara, like, vaulted over somebody to just, like, start, you know, wax on, wax offing him with a dinner napkin. Anyway, that was the whole thing that I didn't know happened because I was young and not following the news cycle at the time. Well, I am going to um, give you a little segue as we roll out of here. That's at Hannah Selector on Twitter and at Acadia on Twitter. I'm going to tell you a little thing about George Bush that's very strangeful things-ish, and it made me want to do an episode about it. George Bush, old man Bush, the one that just died, he is the last... They're going to keep talking about how he's the last of the... You know, before everything was all partisan, blah, 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 and everything like that. He was actually the last of the generation of, well, we're the CIA. We can do whatever the fuck we want. The kind of, like, overthrow governments kind of CIA. And there are some weird facts that I am going to share with you. He went to Texas to make his fortune, and he started a company called the Zapata Offshore Drilling Company and made a shit ton of money. It has been thought and by a bunch of different people that he was a CIA asset. He was a CIA business asset. And the Zapata Oil Company was based in Houston. The weird thing about it is that there are FBI notes that say that Mr. Bush, because he wasn't anything at that point politically, had been briefed right after Kennedy got shot on the fact that Kennedy got shot. And nobody knew why that would have been. And the other thing that was interesting in the, was he a CIA asset? Because he actually ran the CIA under Ford in like 73, 74. Um, but this was before that, obviously. The Bay of Pigs invasion, which was the whole, hey, you know what we'll do? We'll just liberate Cuba by force. And then at the last minute, Kennedy was like, or we could not. And like, they never sent the ships in to, um, you know, help the rebels. <laughs> so that didn't really go super great. The ships that were supposed to come were called the Houston and the Barbara J. Now, Barbara Bush's middle initial uh, is not J, but the reason that people think that that might just be a technicality is that the entire Bay of Pigs invasion code name was Operation Zapata. So, Bush. A lot of stuff... Well, I mean, come on. The... A lot of stuff that was only left... You know you can't left, trust the government. Yeah. The, the A lot of stuff that's only left in his... Like, a lot of stuff left the planet when it left his... Like, when his head died, a lot of stuff that only he knew went with it. 
because... Yeah, well, I'm sure they just threw them on ice, Walt Disney style, to bring them back for them. Crack some of that stuff open. All right, everybody, listen, you're amazing, and I'm going to say it again, watch Hill House Episode 6 again. Nothing else but for the statues. Also, so that you can tell Hannah that she made a big mistake by not watching it again herself. Because I know she's not gonna. I'm a busy guy, you know? I, so much crap to read and watch and. Fine. Alright, everybody. Being, a, being an F list media personality is, is hard work. Yeah, that is. <laughs> you had a lot cracking. Alright then, I got, sister. I got a lot going on. Alright, we'll see you next week then, I guess. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. This shit stops now!